Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode. Hey, what do you think? Should I ask him one more question? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on whether it's a rubbish one, Jake, or a, or a good one, I suppose. I, I, I only ask fantastic questions on this show. <laughs> Come on, you know that. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to the show, Running with Jake, the podcast, episode 111. 111 episodes of this madness that we record each week. It is your weekly dose of running motivation. However, judging by Pete, the producer's WhatsApp message that he sent me at the weekend, this may become your weekly dose of excuses. You were due to run. You didn't run. You gave me... I've got the proof. I've got the proof. You're like one of my proper runners. I was busy. I know. Yeah, I know you've got... I know I know. I contacted you and I went, mate, I'm so busy. I'm so stiff from everything I did yesterday. And then um, then, I, I, then I bounced the run and tried to do it the next day, but I had to work the next day as well. So sometimes life just gets in the way, man, and I'm finding it stressful because I've never measured <laughs> stuff before. I've never timed stuff before. And then all of a sudden, you're training me and I'm doing the Manchester Marathon Relay thingy, and I'm part of a team. I don't want to let my team members down. They seem really nice, by the way, all my team members so far, Um, and uh, I don't want to let them down. So all of a sudden, I'm training, and the time and the, the running, and it's just tiring me out. You don't hear Rocky making these excuses, do you, when he's chopping logs in the snow? I'm not being funny, but you've just, you know, you've just got to put your big boy pants on... (laughs) And then bark on this journey. Yeah, but Ro- Rocky, right, when he was in Russia, and I know what you're talking about because I actually saw that, Rocky IV, funnily enough, just the other day with Ivan Drago. If he dies, he dies. And all this and all this stuff. But the point is that Rocky, while he was chopping up logs in Russia, um, he, he wasn't having to set up an event and move massive TVs around, was he? And having to do all that kind of... Lay loads of cable. I laid I laid 15 miles of cable. Look, I don't know. Maybe that's in the director's cut. I didn't actually see that, the extended version. Maybe <laughs> maybe Rocky was setting up some kind of concert gig. I have no idea. But anyway, he was committed to his cause. It's as simple as that. And, and I must admit, I did wonder when I visited you pre-lockdown when we could kind of meet people and do stuff. And I came up to your house in Derby and Mickleover and you, you, you were very proud to show me your chickens. And I couldn't help but think, yes, yeah, yeah. why has this man got chickens? You've never mentioned it before. I've, I've known you years. And I, <laughs> I did wonder whether this was kind of, you know, a bit of rocky training in the making. You know, you chasing chickens around the garden. I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it with my own know, eyes. It's great training for speed. It's like your speed work, you chasing chickens. I get it now. I get it. The chickens work. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of pivoting and a lot of stuff, and and um, yeah, they're wild. They, I love I flipping love the chickens. It's not only chasing the chickens; it's also getting nice fresh eggs, which is also <laughs> look. An we make light bonus. of it, but I know from that message you sent me at the weekend, you sounded a little bit nervous, like genuinely. This is not. We're not on the show. We're not. It's just you sending me, and you were walking back from wherever you were walking back from. It wasn't a run because you were giving me all the excuses, but you sounded pretty nervous about Manchester. I was, yeah. And it's because all of a sudden, rather than just running like I've always run, 
to sort my head out at the end of a stressful day, all of a sudden I'm like accountable. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I, I've got my, my thing that I tick off on training peaks and then I put my feedback and I say how I feel and all that rock and roll kind of stuff. And obviously I have to um, speak to you. I'm accountable to you because you're looking after me and that's really good. And it's, it is a good thing. That's a healthy thing. That's a good thing. Um, and I'm also accountable to the other members of the team as well, the other guys in the team, because it's not just it's like four of us, isn't there? So it's like three people I don't want to let down. I don't want to, you know, bound across the line having spent 90 minutes doing a 10K, which is probably where I'm at at the moment. I mean, I love helping you, Pete, obviously. You know the score. And I I do enjoy reading your feedback on your sessions that you give me. Unfortunately, I can't broadcast the feedback that Pete left me from the run that he did earlier in the week. I can't I can't simply broadcast that. It would be... We'd need to censor that big time. It was, should we say, a little bit windy out there for you, sir? It was a little bit windy. You battled the elements. You weren't was, too happy yeah. about it. <laughs> Nobody told me it was that hard um, running in the wind because what's happening is the wind's blowing into my face faster than I'm able to breathe out. So it's like I'm panting. <laughs> Look, a bit of nerves, and I, I take this from me, and I genuinely mean this, and, and this, for everybody listening to this now that is perhaps feeling a little bit nervous about a race, might be your first race, might be the first time you've ever covered 10K or a marathon or half marathon, or maybe you've just got this goal you've set yourself, you're a bit of a seasoned runner, you've done many marathons, but you're like, oh, I've got this lofty goal, I don't know how it's going to go, I feel a bit nervous. Nerves are not a bad thing. Yes, it's important to find the balance a little bit, but it shows you care about what you're doing, and I really got that from your message, because because clearly you do care. You've mentioned the accountability element. You did feel a little bit of that, a little bit of pressure, but in a really kind of healthy, positive way. Nerve shows that you care about what you're doing. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah, well, I've got a question now, actually, and I've been thinking for myself, which is always a concern, because I like it when you <laughs> think for me as far as running's concerned. So obviously we're doing the 10K in, Ma- in Manchester in, what, uh, eight weeks or whatever it is, probably seven and a mm. half weeks now. Um, and and I, I have no perception of events. I've never even been to a running event, because why would I? Do you know what I mean? I'm a non-running guy. I've certainly never run with a crowd of people around you. I have no idea or perception of what that's going to feel like uh, with other people there. Whether, whether you know, whatever the size of crowd, really. So, um, am I all right to um, go to a local park run? Because I'm training for the 10K. Can I do that as one of my runs? Can I, is, that, is that acceptable to do that? I'm not going to... I'll just treat it as an easy run. Are you serious? Is it? I mean, because you've not mentioned this to me. Are you genuinely thinking about going to the park no, run? No, I haven't. No, I'm genuinely, I'm genuinely thinking about going park run because it will, it will put me in that mind space where there's pe- other people there. Because I've only ever run on my own. I felt self-conscious running on my own. Do you know what I mean? And it's only just recently that I'm not quite as self-conscious. But is it, is it that of any detriment? Is that good? Because mentally, I'll be like... I just run on my own and I like to run at dark <laughs> in the dark so people can't see me but all of a sudden I'll be running on probably what will probably be a reasonably bright day in the day in Manchester with lots of other people there lots of faces yada 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 uh, other people running a few people watching I guess I don't know what I'd, I've no idea I've no idea so am I okay to go to a park run and run with other hey, people it's a great question because the thing I love about that is it's very easy when we're looking at training for something we think about the fitness development I need need to be fit 
to be able to do this goal, to run at this pace, to cover this distance. But training is much more than that. Training is looking at all the different elements. It might be nutrition, understanding a little bit about fueling, especially if you're running kind of the long distances, you know, super long distances, you really need to, fueling really comes into play. You need to start to think about being comfortable in the environment, which is what we're talking about here. You know, getting yourself involved in a park run, they're brilliant events. We know that worldwide. It's comfortable. Everybody there supporting each other. You can be in your own little bubble. You can be at the back. You can be in the middle. You can be wherever you choose to be. It's not a a race as such. Of course, you will get people that want to kind of push themselves, but you're there just to attend and do your thing. And I think it gets you comfortable with that situation. We talk about comfort zone a lot. And the only way you're going to expand that comfort zone is by stepping out of the current one that you are in. But I really believe that you don't want to backflip, somersault, sprint out of that comfort zone. You've got to step out of it gradually. You know what I mean? A little baby step, and then all of a sudden that comfort zone just broadens a little bit, gets a little bit bigger. And then once you're happy with that and you've established a new comfortable space, then you can take another little step forward. So I'm all for it. I think you should absolutely get involved in the local park run. However, being from Derby, I do know where the park run is. It's in Mark Eaton Park. Has anybody told you about Cardiac Hill? No. What do you mean, Cardiac Hill? Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's okay. (laughs) They've probably changed it by the time you rock up, so just get yourself to a park run. Rocky would do it. Rocky would do it. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Look, I can see you panicking. I can see you nervous. You've got beads of sweat on your forehead, man. Listen, do (laughs) not worry. I want to help you, but I also accept that I may have my work cut out with you. Fortunately, help is on hand. Here's another one of the runners that I coach. Hey, how are you doing, Simon? I'm well. How are you both? You know, not bad. Fair to middling. Fair to middling. Pete, how are you? I'm not even going to say because what we're doing is we're doing a motivational podcast. And I'm absolutely knackered. I really am. Look, Simon, this is why I wanted to have a chat with you today. Because I've got... I've got my work cut out with Pete. He's panicking about Manchester Marathon. Look, we know he's doing the relay. So he's doing 10K, which is still a big challenge. You know, very important. Out of your comfort zone, Pete, and all that sort of stuff. But look, Simon, you're seasoned. You've got to help me out here. It's not going to be that bad, is it? It's going to be all good. You're in the full marathon. Eight weeks to go. Yeah, I agree with Pete. I'm knackered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. (laughs) You see, if you hadn't have asked us how we were, Jake, we wouldn't have told you. We're supposed to be firing people up on today's show. It's what we do every week. What is going on? Simon, what's going on? Because, look, we we obviously connect a lot. I know your great notes that you leave on Training Peaks, which is obviously the coaching platform we use, so I get to see everything that kind of your feelings about certain sessions, warts and all, good, bad, the ugly... How are you feeling at the moment? Literally halfway now, halfway. And it does feel like it's come around really quick, doesn't it? Because obviously it's not 12 months between Manchester Marathons. It's like six months because it was October last year, April this year. How are you feeling? Yeah, totally agree. It, it, it's come around very quick. And that was one of the reasons why I jumped on originally, to jump on the back of the fitness after October. But then getting the eight-week memo this morning, it, um, <laughs> yeah, makes it all a bit real. We're looking at you now, and you're you're on your lunch break at work. And obviously, you know, you are training for something. You, you, you're you a seasoned athlete, although, you know, a recreational runner at the same time. Um, but, you know, you do you do train hard, and you, and you do this, you hit it hard. Uh, and at the same time, you've got 
a life to live, and um, and so do I. And you know, when when Jake, you asked us how we were, it was nothing that personally nothing <laughs> to do with running. I'm just knackered because I've been working like a lunatic over the weekend, and you know, it's just like fitting this stuff into our normal routine, and sometimes that can get tricky. How do you do it, Simon? How how, how do you do it? Because you you find difficult as well. I mean, look, we we keep things real, and I know you kind of smirked there about Pete talking about seasoned athlete, but it's true, isn't it? Because we we take these goals seriously as well, even though we've got lives and we're not making money out of it. We we care about the outcome, don't we? We want to do as well as we can. You want to jump off, uh, jump onto the back of the fitness that you built through Manchester Marathon last year. It makes perfect sense. Probably lots of people listening to this are in a very similar position, training for various races. How do you manage to spin the plates, man? Because it's not easy. It, it's been more difficult this time around. Obviously, for Manchester 21, it was locked down. Kel, the wife, uh, was off work. I'd only got one kid. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit easier. Kel took a bit of the brunt of the work around the house. And I was able to fit things in a bit better. This time around, having a 14-month-old and a five-year-old wow. and Kel going back to work, wow. it's it's fun. Mm. Um, but we've had a lot of chats about it. You know, it's the training smart sort of thing. You know, I've jumped on the bandwagon and got a treadmill. The nights are darker, the mornings are darker, the night is nice. So jumping in the treadmill... For, for an hour, 40 minutes, it, it gives me that option when road running isn't as um, pleasant or as uh, inviting. But yeah, it's it's just that compromise. Um, you know, we've spoke a few times, some of the sessions may be cut a bit short for lunch breaks, for childcare, but in my head, as long as I'm getting something in and close to what it should be, then something is better than nothing. You've got to keep things fluid, haven't you? I mean, I do the same myself, as you know, with my, my training. And lots of people listen to the show. Regular listeners will know that I you know, put everything out on Strava as well. And sometimes you do have to adapt to certain situations. It's interesting, though, because you know the score with this and my feelings. I think if you if life gets in the way and you're forced to cut a session short, so let's say it's a quality run, so it might be a bit of threshold or some interval-based training or something like, along those lines, rather than just a standard easy run. And you, you feel like you've got to shave some time off somewhere, obviously subject to how much time it is you've got to shave off. But I think, and I've always thought this, you're better off cutting the cool down that little bit shorter than you are the warm-up. Totally agree, especially with the conditions at the minute. I think we did a session last week down the track. It was windy, it was cold, so the cool, so the warm-up was vital. Had to get the warm-up in to make sure that the body was firing and you know reduce the chance of injury. With time looming, the cool-down, is it necessary? Knowing I've got a rest day the next day as well, and I can walk around the office a bit? No, just the case of being a little bit clever, you know, cut the cool down a little bit, five, ten minutes cool, cutting it off, and then just making sure I kept, stayed moving for the rest of the day. For the first time ever, and I've heard people speak about it, plenty of guests speak about it on the, on the podcast, and they talk about feeling guilty and running almost... It's, it's sort of feeling stress around it because they're not getting the training sessions in that they are hoping to get in and that they know will, you know, set them on the right path. Do you Do you get that guilt because for the first time over the weekend I experienced that myself and I was like ah, where's this coming from what's going on here because I don't even care about this stuff but then it turns out that actually yeah I do care about this stuff because whilst my goal is not what a lot of other people's goals are it's my goal do you find yourself getting stressed about that as well I've tried to take a step back a bit more this time around um October so Manchester 21 yeah there was if I miss a session, I beat myself up. Um, I've got to get that session back in. I've got to get fit another session somewhere in somewhere or work a bit harder on another one. This time around, it, it's not possible. Like we said before, you know, I'm not the only one with two kids, a wife and a job. It is a case of, yes, Manchester's coming. Yes, I'll give it everything I can. But if a session can't be done because a session can't be done, there's more important things. You know, the 
there is a base fitness there. There, there, there is, okay, the goal might not be achieved in Manchester, but at least I know that with the constraints I've got or with the life I've got, with the other commitments I've got, I've given it what I can. So no, I try not to beat myself up, but it's a fine line of not beating yourself up and then letting yourself off from them sessions as well and not having the commitment to, to go out and, and, and do them. So that's that's the hardest thing. It's getting a balance though, isn't it? Because you hit the nail on the head there, Simon, you know, about kind of taking everything into account. So you want to do as well as you can on the day of Manchester. And I'm sure everybody in their races probably wants to do as well as they can but you've got to take everything into account so the fact that you have got a young family and which is growing more than it was last year when you were training you know so and people listen to this probably busy with work and martina my girlfriend as you guys know and people listen to the show she's super busy with big veterinary exams this year you know full-on stuff and i'm saying to her look you've got to factor that into your training you're really driven and you're up for it and you want to do well but just look at everything i do think though a little bit of that I guess, pressure and that feeling that you guys are talking about. Pete, you raised the point about, oh, you know, oh, I'm feeling a bit guilty and stuff. I suppose a little bit of guilt is actually quite positive to a degree, as long as you're not beating yourself up too much. Because, Simon, you're nodding away here. It gets you out there. It it, it forces you slash encourages you to take a bit of action. And I don't think that's a bad thing, as long as you've got the balance right and you're hitting that sweet spot. Pete, you messaged me at the weekend. You mentioned your feelings over the weekend about missing the run and you were super busy. And I know you were. We, we, you know, we speak a lot and I knew you were super busy. I'd set you the sessions now, obviously giving you some guidance for Manchester. But you dropped me a voice message on Sunday, like Simon does, like my runners do. Oh, uh, oh yeah, mate. Hi. Uh, and I'm thinking, I know what's coming here. Uh, yeah, uh, not able to get the session in, but blah, blah, blah. And it's like, this kind of stream of consciousness and and the and the outcome is the fact that actually you concluded you do want to do it and you are going to commit to it and i think that accountability slash little bit of pressure i think it's very healthy i think it's having a support network as well kel got me out of the door yesterday you know me and pete live around the corner from each other the weather in derby yesterday was horrible you know mm. i was tired i'd had a few beers on the saturday it was a recovery week i was allowed it was <laughs> You I know, didn't schedule like the beers, just to say, <laughs> for people listening to the show, I did not schedule a drinking session. So I'd planned to run at 8 o'clock when the kids were in bed, <clears throat> knowing I probably wouldn't get it in. But Kel kicked me out the door at half past two, get out, get it done, and it was the best thing I could have done. You know, two hours, easy running, and the wind, the rain, it yeah, made me feel better, actually. So, yeah, it's having that support team around you as well. You know, Jake, you send the messages out to all of us and give us a push, the whole PC do. But, you know, having that extra support behind you, whether it is your, your wife, your partner, your, your brother, your sister, whoever it might be, it's, uh, I think that's an essential side of it as well. I think you're dead right. I don't think there's anybody that disagree with you there, Simon. You know, of all levels of ability, even kind of pro... Uh, athletes that you need that support and encouragement as well because otherwise you know we've spoke about guilt if you're feeling guilty about missing sessions but then actually you're kind of caught in this situation where you're feeling guilty if you do go and commit to a session because actually that's family time or it's time to do diy around the house or do whatever it might be and i think it's that again we use the word balance it is it is difficult but having the support which clearly you've got is just awesome just picking up on the whole treadmill thing and i'm really interested because you guys know that i'm a big fan of treadmill running i absolutely think there's a place for it uh, for many reasons you've recently got one how are you finding it at the moment well you've named it first of all i don't know if it's a boy or a girl but <laughs> what's the name of your treadmill simon it's dominique dominique, dominique the okay. domios <laughs> so how are you that. and dominique getting on at the moment historically i hate treadmills haven't run on one since uni hate them 
I fall off them. I don't like them. The only time I used them was when we did our lactate threshold tests. That's it. But, you know, as we spoke about, I need to train smart this time for time, for, you know, everything else. So having the treadmill just allowed me to get on a few other sessions, whether it be later at night when nights are the, the nights are a bit darker, etc. So, yeah, it's okay at the minute. It's the hardest thing is getting my head around the paces, going out and running nine-minute miles on the road and then converting that onto a treadmill. It's totally different, totally different. And it's just getting that feel and, I suppose, allowing myself um, to work off heart rate and other areas rather than just pace alone have a, you know RPE feel heart rate I'm trying to check in with me rather than always focusing on the, the watch or the pace I love that check in with me absolutely you mentioned RPE there which is rate of perceived exertion for people that perhaps aren't familiar with that so it's how am I feeling at a given effort you know forget the pace for a moment how am I feeling running up this hill how am I feeling running down the hill how am I feeling in the headwind you know on the track on the treadmill I think it's really really important and the good thing that you're doing which I know from the comments that you've left on your sessions is you were a little bit conservative with pace and speed when you when you first did the the treadmill you did a threshold session that I set you and I know from your notes you said well actually in reflection it's always good to reflect on sessions. I think I could probably start a little bit faster than I did, but I just wanted to be a little bit careful because I know there's a difference between running on a treadmill and running outside in terms of pace, and you're dead right. So I think you did the right thing because it gives you a bit of confidence, doesn't it? Rather than you hanging on the back of the treadmill or coming off the back of it, in your case, and thinking, oh, I set off way too quick, man. And you don't like treadmills anyway. You said that, like a lot of people. So you kind of want a good experience because you're more likely to have a reasonable relationship with treadmill running. And, And as you say dead convenient you know you need to save some time you haven't you haven't even got to think about what to wear have you it's like well it's just kind of obvious you don't have to worry about conditions it's probably going to be pretty warm so you want to be wearing you know very little and you just kind of crack on with it you know in terms of like the effort like how how did threshold feel to you when you were on the treadmill did it feel like it would when you were running outside were you able to kind of match the two intensities yes in a way i suppose when doing it's the difference you've got the road the track and the treadmill i suppose like you know i've I've, um sort of experimented a bit more with the track this time around as well the track you can turn your head off and run there's no obstacles there's no distractions you just run and you can actually sort of tap in and right okay we're all right there's no dangers if you fall we're just going to buy a bit of track it's it's not too bad (laughs) the road i always find harder threshold because you're concentrating on cars curbs dogs cats whatever it might be and trying to plan the route ahead so that you're not crossing the roads you've not got the inclines or declines so I suppose the the effort would match more to a track session uh, rather than a road session, um, and I, you know that that's where I sort of paced it at. Um, the hardest thing with the treadmill session was, or psychological, was don't fall off the back, don't go too fast because I don't want to hit the breeze block wall behind me. It was that. It was. It wasn't the case of worrying about the pace or worrying. Um, it was. It was safety. Um, whereas, like I said, the, the track and now the treadmill with a bit more experience, I'm more comfortable. But yeah, I would say the track and the treadmill are more relatable than actually the road running. It is weird with treadmills because, of course, they're all different. I mean, I used to be a personal trainer working in different, you know, commercial clubs, and they would have different brands of treadmill, and I, I would be familiar with certain brands over other brands. And if I 
suddenly was in a different health club, jumping on different treadmill, feel differently, you know, that kind of stuff. Heart rates would vary, speeds and stuff. But I think if we just view the treadmill as a tool, so people listen to this, that are perhaps members of a health club, maybe they've, like yourself, invested in a Dominique of their own for their garage or, or home office that they want to use and, and maximise, you know, the time that they've got to be able to train. I think not shying away from it. I mean, look, treadmills, in my opinion, come into their own when you're doing some kind of quality running, when you're changing the effort, right? Because if you're just jumping on a treadmill and you're just running for like 50, 60 minutes or whatever it is, 40 minutes, it's a bit mind-numbing unless you really go somewhere else in your mind. And we know that boredom is not about a physical activity. It's not about an environment. It's where you are in your head. So if you're not in a, let's say, a good place in your mind and you're on the treadmill, that's not going to be particularly great for you. It's going to feel like it's dragging on and on. I mean, Pete, at the moment, the sessions I've set you, because we're building that base level of conditioning, which is really important, we're not doing the juicy, sexy stuff, as I was, as I would call it. You know, that will come later when we start to mix up intensities. Don't panic. I can see you starting to sweat on the camera. Don't well, panic. It's fine. No it's one fine. said anything about juicy and sexy it's to fine. me when, when I agreed to this. I don't know what's going on. Did you uh, not to get be the fair, email? I, I, no, I didn't. I did, um, I did a long run yesterday, and again, it's it was only a five-mile thing. I'm training for the 10K, but it's the most I've ever run, as it turns out, and measured, because I, I my history is I, I don't measure and I don't time. I just kind of... My whole life is judged by, you know, how many downloads this has had, how many things this has got, where this is on a chart, where that is. And my, my big escape is running, where I don't even take a watch and I don't worry about all that kind of stuff. But obviously... Since we've been running up to uh, Manchester, I have been forced to um, time and measure and, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, and um, as, a, as a result, I did my longest run yesterday. But I just varied the, um, the, the course up a little bit. I'd kind of just run around Michelover, which is where I'm from. Um, but rather than go up that road there, I went up that road there and then, you know, kind of loop back around. And I, I, I found myself getting bored at the beginning because I was just doing the same old, the same old, same of but just to uh, just to go up some other streets and go oh what happens up here then it kind of it, I, I suppose it just woke me up a little bit and let's not forget the bloody awful wind as well and it, I was just kind of dodging branches and stuff so I didn't get bored well that's pretty commonplace at the moment isn't it people talking about the wind I'm seeing it all on training peaks as I use to, to coach the runners and people commenting oh terrible wind I got out there but I did it and I'm happy that I did do it but my gosh the pace wasn't what it normally is and I was trying to run on feeling obviously conditions you've got to kind of factor that into everything treadmills going back to them another reason i love them is because the conditions are pretty constant so martina and i are doing some sessions at the moment i mean you guys uh, you especially simon will see a lot of what i do on strava and and each week we're doing virtually every week we're doing some kind of threshold work but we're really developing the work that we're doing so we're pro pro progressing what we're doing we because we're experienced on those treadmills Unlike yourself, when you will get to that point, you'll get to know your treadmill. You'll get to know which speeds are right for you for the various sessions, be it thresh, threshold, easy, steady running, marathon pace, whatever. So that's where we are. And we're just able to keep monitoring that and moving forward. And it feels nice because you're like, oh, I, you know, I did more than I did last week or more than I did three weeks ago. That's really positive. You've got a very mm. interesting session tomorrow coming up. How are you feeling about this? Threshold and the free fartlicks, isn't it? In there, chucked in there. Yeah. Um... I Your session this makes yeah. any sense to me, by the way, Simon. I don't even know what these words mean. Simon's <laughs> session for tomorrow. He's doing two lots of ten minutes at threshold, and in amongst that, he's doing two blocks of five times thirty seconds, 
fartlek, which basically means it's kind of up to you the intensity that you run at. It's not like do 30 seconds at a particular effort. It's based on how you feel. But you're kind of pushing the effort and then the recoveries are not true recoveries. You're still going to be pushing them a little bit. So it's a it's a very mixed up session. We're talking about boredom here and touching on that and obviously, you know, going somewhere in your mind. You haven't really got time to be bored tomorrow, to be fair. There's too much to bloody think about. Why are you doing it? So the plan is, if the kids sleep and I get a good night's sleep, I will be running around Michelover. If I don't, it, I will try and shoehorn it into a lunch break so it'll be down the track. So a bit of flexibility in there. Um, I'd like to do one on the road again because I've not done normal a threshold session on the road for a while. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. Road in the morning, early, half five-ish. If not, Ooh. about midday on the track. So yeah, fingers crossed. Good man. It's great that you've got a contingency as well. I love that. I mean, you, you kind of have to have, given the situation and the place you're spinning. But a lot of people listen to this, you know, that they will have things going off in their lives. We have things going off in our lives. And it's important to kind of think, well, if this happens, then th- I can do this. Here's a plan B or maybe even a plan C. I'll give you a great example. So we hit the treadmill today. I said to you as we just connected before we start to record, we did a threshold session on the treadmill. But we had intended on actually going on the track today. But I said to Martino, I'm just going to give them a call because I've been caught out before with this. I'm just going to give them a call, make sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. Go, hi. Da, da, da. All right, they're cleaning it all week, apparently. Whatever that means, I don't know. But they're, they're, they're doing whatever they're doing on the track, so it's not available. You think, oh, gosh, you know. And then just as we we're about to go out the door, because I said to Martino, well, look, we'll do the treadmill. You may have seen on Strava, the gym has had a lot of their treadmills out of order recently. Like, I mean, a lot, not just one or two, like a hell of a lot. And obviously when it's busy, you know, you could just find yourself without a treadmill. So I said, look, actually, we kind of need a plan C here. Let's just throw in a long sleeve top or something that we're happy to wear outside. So if we get to the gym and the worst happens and they're all out of order or they're all being taken, we've got somewhere to go. You know, we've got an option. I think that's really, really important because if you leave things to just chance and, oh, it'll be okay, and then it's not okay, what do you do then? You risk missing the session. And what we've said, when you're super busy, as you guys are, you want to make sure you're giving yourself the best option to just commit to the session and crack on, not waste energy thinking about it and worrying about it. I think that's really important. How are you feeling about Manchester overall versus Manchester last year? It was only six months. What You're obviously casting your mind back to what you achieved and thinking about where you're going for this one. Are you feeling confident? Where are you at the moment? Eight weeks, crucial point. I don't know. <laughs> that's not the answer you want to hear, I know. But <laughs> Ooh, I, it's exciting. I, I obviously, you know, you know, we... We had a beer after Manchester 21 and my answer was, I'm not doing another marathon. I'm not interested. I'm, I'm done. But a bit of fear of missing out, a bit of, you know, reflective thought. I thought, yeah, go on then. Um, so I don't know where I am at the minute. It's just it's why I'm looking forward to this weekend's long run as well, because that was about 10 weeks out last time. So interesting to see how I come, you know, compared to that. But now I feel good. You know, there is a target in my head that I'd like. Um, is it achievable? We'll see on the day. Um, but no, I'm feeling good. Um, I know the fitness is there or thereabouts. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be a, a bit of a suck it and see really. But at the minute, I'm happy. Um, it's hard. You know, when you go and you run on your tired legs, you know, yes, I had a recovery week last week, but my legs are still tired. You know, any marathon runner, any endurance runner, any long distance runner will know, will know that feeling. And I suppose it's hard to judge that compared to that, that feel you get when you're fully rested and fully tapered on, on, on marathon day. It's... I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be another another challenge, another experience. 
and um, yeah, we'll, we'll take what comes. But hopefully, the next few weeks with the with the twenty milers and the some of the faster paced stuff we've got, I can get a bit of a comparison and a, a benchmark and see what, see where we're sat at the minute. Good man. Hey, it's like a former guest of the podcast said, the race is just an opportunity to showcase your fitness. The magic really happens in the training. It's all these sessions that we're committing to when we don't feel like it, Pete, when you're busy and you've been, you know, all week working, weekend and, you know, it gets a Sunday and, oh, am I going to be a fitness running? It's those sessions that matter. The race, relatively speaking, quote unquote, is the easy bit if you've done the training right, you know, and then hopefully conditions will be good for you and you'll feel good on the day and all those things and then you will be able to showcase your fitness. I think that's, I think that's really important, you know, and, and just... Being in a position to do as well as you can, you know, that's kind of, it's a bit of a driver, isn't it? It's a bit of a, it helps to motivate you as well as the, the old fear of missing out. I think a lot of people can relate to that, Simon. You know, club buddies and stuff. It's like, oh, people on Strava, my mates, they're doing this race. Oh, maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah, maybe I'll sign up. Maybe I'll go for it. Let's see what happens. Well, listen, you, you're doing amazing, mate. I've, I back you. You've got an awesome session this weekend as well. And like you say, when you're running on tired legs, your training to do well on the day of your race. You, you know, that's the important bit. You're getting fitter and stronger is the idea from every session that you do. There's purpose behind every session. I always say this to people. I mean, you're smiling because you've heard this before. But, you know, when, when you do a session, people listen to this and you think, oh, how am I going to run that on the day of the marathon or whatever? Well, you're training to be able to do that. When you go out there and you're running that session, in, on that day, on that Tuesday morning or whenever it might be, you're not trying to be in race shape. That's not the aim. It's getting fitter towards your race. So it's definitely something to remember. So, I mean, listen, you're dead busy, mate. I've got to let you go. You've got meetings and stuff. But I just think, I just I just think, maybe I should ask you one more question. I don't, I don't know. Pete, what do you think? Should I ask him one more question? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, it depends on whether it's a rubbish one, Jake, or a, or a good one, I suppose. I, don't I know. only ask fantastic questions on this show. Come on, you know that. You know that. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Sorry, you know that. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, go on. Ask another question. Just the one. Okay. Simon... I've just got one more question for you, my friend. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. <laughs> I was just wondering, what does the word motivation mean to you? I did wonder if you're going to pull this one on me, I must admit. Yeah. We've heard this one before. Don't don't falter, Simon. For me, motivation is just being the best that I can be. It might not be running, it might be parenting, it might be work, it might be at home, and that's it, you know? Just being the best I can be. If running helps me have the mental space or the energy or the fitness to play warm with my kids or be a better husband or be less grouchy, then that's all it can do. So motivation for me is, yeah, just being the best version of me that I can be in whatever I'm doing at the time. Simon, got a lot of love for you, man. Go smash that session tomorrow. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Running with Jake, the podcast. Actually, do you know what you could do when you're running on the streets in Manchester just to distract yourself a little bit? Um, tell me. Well, you take a little money box with you, couldn't you? Like a, you know, just a little money box. You know, not, nothing heavy. You've got to be able to run with it. Or even a flat cap. Bit of a flat cap. You know what I'm saying? You could <laughs> run alongside the crowds of spectators that are there. Go, Pete. Go, Pete. And you can say, thank you very much. Can I have some money, please? Can I have some money? You could do that. You could do You're that. You're a credible running coach, and your advice to me today is to beg whilst running. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I know, know what you're getting at, though. I know what you're getting at, and it's not begging, okay? The Patreon thing is not begging. That's not what I'm doing here. And, you know, it, it, the podcast, okay, the podcast costs us a few quid 
to produce. It costs us, obviously, our time as well, um, which means that we're not earning other money and doing the stuff that we do professionally because we're doing this for the love of it. Uh, and and the, the point is, with Patreon, I'm not begging because the point is that if you don't want to give money, if you don't think it's worth any money, if you don't take value from the content that you hear on the podcast, then have it for free. Keep it. Don't worry about it. It's always going to be there. It's never going to cost you anything. We're not going to sell out to a big-name sponsor and then, you know, try and sell you TVs or, you know, something like that because we're not going to do that unless there's a really good sponsor that's just right for this show. So it's always going to be free and it's not going to be full of sponsorship messages. However, if you do want to pay for it, if you do enjoy it, if you have got a few quid and you just think, do you know what? Those guys do a reasonable job and I, I use that and I apply the knowledge, then, you know, feel free to just, like, dip in and, and give us a few quid every month if you if you want to do that. If And there's no pressure. There's no pressure. But if you do want to do that, um, then all you got to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and click on the Patreon banner there and then give us a few quid that way. But there's no pressure. You know, I didn't realise, actually, just how much in common you have with Rocky. I mean, Stallone had to sell his dog, didn't he? Didn't he have to sell his dog? I heard that. He had to sell his dog. That's like you. You would you would sell your grandmother, man. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Jake, my grandmother's dead. Now look what you've done. You've opened, you've opened up old wounds. Now look. And now it's time to take another one of your questions. It is hashtag... Ask Jake. Today's question comes from Jade, who wants to know, if you are training for a marathon, is there any benefit to running faster than marathon pace in your training sessions? Jade, I would say absolutely there is a place for running slightly faster than marathon pace and sometimes considerably faster than marathon pace. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Yes, of course, marathon pace is your priority if that's the distance that you're targeting, your main goal. But if you do some running around, let's say, threshold pace, threshold intensity is typically the pace that you can sustain in a race situation for around 50 or 60 minutes. And if you do some running at threshold as part of your training for a marathon, that can really help to boost your endurance. And of course, training for a marathon, that is key. The other thing, and I think this is easily overlooked, is if you are doing some significantly faster running at the right time, in the right place in your training for a marathon, what that can do is it can alter your perception of speed. So all of a sudden, marathon pace doesn't feel quite as fast as it once did because you are accustomed to running faster, albeit for much shorter durations. So I definitely think there is a place for it. You've just got to be careful, as with all training, when and how you use it. I hope that helps. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. This has been episode 111 of your weekly dose of running motivation. It is Running With Jake, the podcast. If you have enjoyed today's show or any of the shows that you may have listened to over the last few years, then please do take a moment to rate and review our little show. Just use the app on your mobile phone that you use to listen to your podcast with. We would greatly appreciate that. Have a super week of running. And if you happen to be in Manchester with us in April, I will see you there. Maybe we can get a selfie together. Although if you do see Pete, make sure you turn around and walk the other way. Very, very important. He's going to ask for money. He's going to ask for money. (laughs) And if you do talk to me, don't remind me that both my grandmas are dead because that leads to an uncomfortable silence. We're off. Ciao. Oh. (laughs) And one more thing. You will never reach the top if you choose to sit at the bottom.